Hello and thanks for joining us on Search for Truth. This is your weekly Bible teaching program with Brian, our Bible teacher, who gives us another talk today on the subject of friendship. Today, Brian looks in closer detail at what's involved in our active friendship with Jesus Christ. In our human friendships, the outworking of our relationships can be quite interesting. And uh, we're also going to look at a man in the Old Testament of the Bible who was called the friend of God. So let's explore more with Brian. Thanks, John. And as you say, as we continue today with our series of programmes on friendship, I'd like to talk about how we can be friends of God based on John chapter 15, verses 14 and 15, where the Lord Jesus says, You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. There are two aspects of friendship there, did you notice? This friendship is based on us doing what he commands. And, in addition, such a relationship is underpinned by the Lord sharing with his friends the intimate secrets of the Godhead. That latter point about sharing secrets with God sounds so intriguing. Let's begin there, shall we? And with our first biblical example, Abraham, of whom James chapter 2 and verse 23 says, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness and he was called the friend of God. So, from Abraham, we should be able to learn something of what's involved in being a friend of God. His example leads us into the obvious role of prayer, and indeed Bible reading, which for us is at the heart of this matter of God sharing with us. How so? Well, let's take a reading from Genesis chapter 18, in fact from verse 17, where the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation, and in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. For I have chosen him, so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. And the Lord said, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave. I will go down now, and see if they have done entirely according to its outcry, which has come to me, and if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom, while Abraham was still standing before the Lord. Abraham came near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous persons within the city. Will you indeed sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the fifty righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike. Far be it from you, shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? So the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare the whole place on their account. And Abram replied, Now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord, although I am but dust and ashes. Suppose the fifty righteous are lacking five. Will you destroy the whole city because of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. He spoke to him yet again and said, Suppose forty are found there. And he said, I will not do it on account of the forty. Then he said, Oh, may the Lord not be angry, and I shall speak. Suppose thirty are found there. 
And he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of the twenty. Then he said, O may the Lord not be angry, and I shall speak only this once. Suppose ten are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of the ten. As soon as he had finished speaking to Abraham, the Lord departed, and Abraham returned to his place. That's a pretty amazing set of verses when you think about it. Remember how it begins? The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? God's verbalising here and capturing for us in Scripture a thought process which actually took place within the Godhead. What is it that God allows us to overhear? Those words, Shall I hide from Abraham, etc.? For I have chosen him. Wow! It seems God actually senses an obligation to involve Abraham in his plans. And so our sense of wonder deepens. The infinite being of the great creator confesses to feelings of obligation to share things with Abraham, his friend. And so God's friendship with Abraham leads to privileged access to information for Abraham. He knew then what no one else in the world knew at that point as he learned the grave danger that Sodom and Gomorrah were in. You know, there's a sense in which we can put ourselves right into Abraham's position here. For from the Bible letter to the Ephesians in the New Testament, we discover that we too have been divinely chosen, chosen by God with plans in mind, plans which are for us to fulfil by allowing God to work through us by his enabling grace. In fact, it's even better in our case as compared with Abraham, isn't it? With God the Spirit actually living within us and with us being as dear to God as his own unique son, it follows more strongly than in Abraham's proven case that God wants to share his thoughts with us too and wants to invite our collaboration into bringing those plans to pass. May I pause and ask, what's your reaction to this friendship-based idea of you and I being enlisted, in effect, onto some kind of celestial committee with God as a chairman, such that we are brought into the loop on matters of destiny. Think of what was actually happening with Abraham. So, really, this is no exaggeration. This insight could really raise the level of our prayers. Wouldn't you agree? Nothing will transform our praying more than seeing how, like Abraham, we're invited to react to God's biblically revealed agenda as we approach the Almighty in prayer. Abraham, in Genesis chapter 18, follows up by interacting with the Lord about what he's freshly shared with him. Now, I want to suggest to you that Abraham's intercession that day was not so much about trying to save his few righteous relatives, real though that desire must have been. It was more about confirming all that he previously knew or thought he knew about God's character, the God of glory, who that day had drawn very close to him. Abraham felt the need to check out God's character as judge and check on the justice of his ways. You know, it's currently fashionable to question God's character, especially as it's portrayed in the Old Testament. The God of the Old Testament is assumed to be a vindictive being who exacts retribution on his enemies for the slightest of provocations. Nothing can be further from the truth, 
as Abraham found to his satisfaction here. We say again, Abraham was here in the business of confirming all that he previously knew or thought he knew about God's righteous character. He was testing his assumption, shall not the judge of all the earth do justly? Otherwise, why would he have stopped at ten, ten persons in his interceding? This was a number sufficient to confirm the view he already had of God, but it was insufficient to be sure of saving his relatives. Prayerfully, he was seeking the assurance that the judge of all the earth would do right. If he'd previously, as it turned out, been mistaken in that, then his whole world would have collapsed around him that day. Let's learn from Abraham, who pleaded with the Lord based on the information the Lord had just shared with him. And let's learn to closely relate our prayer requests to God's self-revelation in Scripture. It's from reading in the Bible that we first come to a view about God's character. From that, our prayer life develops as we learn to use the Scripture's own arguments and goals, as we learn to plead God's will and values as they are revealed to us in Scripture, and as we learn to claim his biblical promises and purposes. God's inviting us to do this, having exposed to us also the thoughts of the Godhead in the written word. This is the mind-blowing intimacy of communicating in prayer as friends, just like Abraham did with God. Once we delight in God, our heart's desires are aligned to God's own. And at that point, our praying becomes far more effective. When the things that make God joyful are the things that make us joyful too, then we know we're living in the reality of close friendship with the Almighty. Well, we've been thinking about friendship with God based on our first reading today, taken from John chapter 15, where Jesus says, You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. We've begun to explore the wonderful privilege which underpins this relationship of being friends of God, the privilege of being taken into God's confidence. And we hope to continue to explore this next week also, but then by enlisting the help of Moses as another example of a man with whom God spoke as friend to friend. Till then, God bless. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Find a friend so fair.
I hope you enjoyed today's talk and you're enjoying the friendship of Jesus every day. If you'd like us to send you one or more copies of the free transcript booklet for this series, ask for the title Friendship. You can contact us by email or by post. Here's the address. Search for Truth, Church of God, Downing Drive, Leicester, LE5 6LN, England. The email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. You can also find past programmes and other material on our website at www.searchfortruth.org.uk. So, it's been great to have your company today. That's all we have for now. But next week we look again into the Bible to find out more of what it can tell us about friendship. So, please join us if you can. But until then, it's our very best wishes, as usual, from Brian, our Bible teacher, studio technician David, our singers, and me, John. So goodbye for now, and may God richly bless you. Take and shake.